Welcome to Grow It Minnesota, the podcast about growing vegetables, fruit, flowers, and everything else in a cold, cold climate. I'm your host, Mary Shear. I'm a longtime home gardener and a garden writer, and I'm the author of the book, The Northern Gardener from Apples to Zinnias, which is a basic guide to growing in the North. This is my first episode of this podcast, and I have as my guest, Rhonda Fleming Hayes. She's the author of the book, Pollinator Friendly Gardening, which is about how to design a yard and garden that will bring in birds, butterflies, bees, and all sorts of great insects. But today I'm talking to Rhonda about kitchen gardening because she has one of the most beautiful kitchen gardens I have ever seen. So my first question to Rhonda was, how did you get into gardening? I grew up in California and uh, I would follow, my grandmother lived just down the street and I would spend lots of time in her yard and I would follow her around as she gardened and she would kind of teach me about all the plants and um, she had lots of flowers, she had lots of edible um, fruits and vegetables and things like that. But the things that stick into my mind was she had an orange tree that we would make orange juice from. She uh, grew berries and guava. She had big banana plants. I don't know if we ate bananas off of them, but she had lots of exotic plants like that. And um, I think I really liked the idea that you could, as a child, that you could pluck something off of a plant and put it in your mouth and eat it. Um, and then when I was in college, I grew lettuce and strawberries out my back door. Um, I was really into wildflowers and um, just uh, any kind of plants. Plants spoke to me back then. Yeah. So you've been gardening basically your whole, whole I'd life. I say that I've been gardening since I was in diapers because I don't ever, I, I remember that I was um, probably the only six-year-old that knew the names of plants because all my family were, they were into gardening and plants. And I probably knew uh, names like uh, Diffenbachia and Philodendron and Festuca and all those exotic plant names when I was very tiny. So <laughs> That must have really impressed them at school. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure it really did. <laughs> That's probably why I had so many friends. <laughs> uh, so now, now that's you know, there's so many people nowadays interested in food gardening oh, yeah. and kitchen gardening, mm-hmm. or what I call kitchen gardening. So, how, what do you define sort of as a kitchen garden, or what do you what does your kitchen garden look like? Well, I think I got the term kitchen garden from when we lived in England for a while, and I had friends that had uh, farmhouses that had old walled gardens, which where they kind of formed a microclimate to grow food in that cooler climate. And I just loved what they looked like. I loved all the, the, the rows and the patterns and the colors and all the different textures and um, really got interested in, in it, you know, becoming more than just uh, sowing some seeds and, and planting something and harvesting something. I got really into the visual part of it and the historical part of it. And I think how I think it's not like a conventional garden for me is, uh, well, first of all, you grow herbs and flowers as well as vegetables and maybe some fruit, but um, it's not a garden like I see in lots of um, the Midwest where you're growing lots of beans and corn to preserve or freeze or can. For me, it's uh, more just uh, what I call fresh in the moment. You know, it's like, I just want to be able to walk outside, pick something, come back inside, and it's 
you know, it's there in the kitchen and I'm cooking it or preparing it within minutes. I really like that immediacy. So it's not like I'm canning um, beans or anything like that. So it's, so it's more of a sort of a foodie um, uh, feeling rather than kind of like a, a survivalist. Well, yeah, well, not, well, this year I, I'm growing uh, a little bit more than usual because of uh, avoiding the grocery store. But, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm probably, it's probably a little bit more chaotic out this year because I know no, not very many people are going to come look at it. So I, I'm experimenting more and going for a lot of, <laughs> but, but usually it's, it's more of, yeah, it's more of, a, uh, I, I think maybe, you know, they talk about, um, when you have a colorful plate or you plate something for me, the visual part starts in the garden before it even gets to the kitchen. I like that visual mm-hmm. feast before I make anything with, with it. And I, when I'm cooking in the kitchen, I don't really do anything elaborate. It's pretty much the, the produce, the flavors speak for themselves. Right. And when it comes right out of the garden, you don't really have to do anything. Elaborate. No, I really don't feel like you should. No. little salt and yeah. olive oil. And that's it. <laughs> you know, that's pretty much all you need. So, yeah. 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 So tell me a little bit about where, where your garden is located. Cause I know you live in the yeah. city and um, you know, how you have it arranged, you know, in terms of the, what you're growing things. I know you're growing things in boxes. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, they're really big boxes. Um, so this is, this is about the fourth kitchen garden that I've had. And this one, because we built the house, I was able to design it from scratch rather than, you know, adapting to an existing landscape. So it is in the, on the south side of our home along a very long, our driveway, which is a very long, narrow spot. So that's, first of all, it's getting lots of sun. In fact, during some of these hot days, probably too much heat. But um, it is made out of, it's raised beds. They're made out of Corten steel. Um, they are 54 inches across in the nar- on the narrow part of it. And I can't, maybe I've got maybe 20 to 30 feet of that. There's two large ones. And then I've got some smaller um, squares up next to the house. And so, in fact, I added one more little square uh, recently. So, but it's all raised beds. Uh, the Corten steel, there's some pros and cons. Uh, I don't like the sharp edges. I always worry that I'm going to fall against them or something. Uh, it does uh, absorb heat. So right next to it is a little warm for roots, but I don't seem to have a lot of problems with that. Uh, but when you've got that thin steel, you're not giving up, say, uh, three or four inches of growing space or even more that you might if you use timbers or pavers or some kind of thing like that. Right. So it was so it was a decision partly to maximize the space? Um, a little bit, but it was also more of a design look for our house. Our house is kind of arts and crafts, craftsman style, and they thought that that kind of had a, a good look with it. It has, you know, it starts out as kind of a dark metal steel and then it ages into uh, a kind of a rusty model look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I've seen it. It's and, very, and I have gravel for my walkways around it and that reflects that more heat, uh, more sun, you know, and, and I think when you're in Minnesota, that's usually except for this year with all you know the heat we've had is a good thing because it really helps with ripening and, and you know, up the right. beds and things like that. 
Right. And you could start things a little yeah. earlier too, I, then if it's getting I can warm. probably go two weeks earlier because you're talking with, when you're starting seeds, you're talking that you want, it's not the air temperature that is the big deal. It's the soil temperature. So I can start things quite a bit ahead of time and also go further, you know, in, at the end of the year too. Don't ask me that. <laughs> like I said, I've measured them before, but um, if you can do the math, let's say let's say I have 30 feet out there and 54 inches is four feet. What is that? Looks like four and a half. Oh, you're going to make me do math? That's let's 120 say, square let's feet. Say I have 30 feet and let's say five, let's go four across. So what is that? A hundred <laughs> I'm a writer. I only do words. <laughs> so that's quite a bit, though. I, I hope that I'm right about the 30 feet thing. Maybe it's, well, I, I think total that that could be. Yeah. But um, I pack a lot in there. You, you've seen it. It's it's all growing up cheek and jowl. Yeah. 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 Right. And what are some of the pros and cons of using raised beds as opposed to like just a smaller, con a bunch of containers or, um, you know, in well, the ground? I like the raised bed for um, good drainage, but then there's also a, uh, a disadvantage to that. It's like I'm planting in a really large flower pot. It's a big container. And uh, the good drainage also means that you have to water it more often. But I'm lucky that I have little. Uh, I have a little irrigation system built into there with emitters, and it comes on and waters automatically for me. Um, there's still some parts that where mm. the plants eventually get bigger and kind of block those emitters, and I have to get in there and water by hand. But so um, so it drains fast, which is good because you're not going to have anything rot, or you're not going to get you know gummy soil or anything or wet soil. But you have to keep up with your watering because of that. And especially with mine, with it being in that southern sunny spot back there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what about the soil mix that's in there? Well, Do you, it's, it's, um, it's been there six years. You have and we started with what they call the OGB, which I think stands for Organic Garden Blend, which comes from, uh, I think, mm -hmm. Hedberg's. And, um, yeah. What I have done since then, every year it seems to settle. It kind of goes down at the end of the season by about two inches, I'd say. And when I'm growing so intensely, it's getting depleted pretty quickly. So I renew it every spring with a couple inches of um, composted cow manure for nitrogen and then compost for you know some kind of aged compost to keep it kind of fluffy. And then I also add on top of that um, or an organic granular fertilizer. So I'm really supercharging my soil every year. Um, it's a it's not cheap and it's not easy, but it's what it's the whole secret behind how much produce I get out of there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Just makes yeah. it a lot more productive. Yeah. Yeah. So just tell me, uh, you know, what uh, what things are you growing? Are you growing herbs? Which ones? Well, what kind um, of flowers? A lot of my herbs are in pots, but uh, in the actual kitchen garden, in the beds, uh, I have a lot of basil, different kinds of basil, uh, lots of Italian parsley, um, some chives that are in more of a little permanent spot. 
Um, but as, uh, you know, as far as any of the, what I call kind of the Mediterranean style herbs, those are kind of in an area kind of adjacent to the kitchen garden and pots that I grow them. I don't try to grow uh, a lot of perennial herbs here. I just start fresh every year because it's just too much of a gamble, it seems like. Right. And if you grow oregano or something yeah, like yeah. that, it's taken So, But over. as far as the beds, oh gosh, let me see if I can inventory them as I remember to Brussels sprouts, pole beans, uh, the cabbage has already been harvested, um, cucumbers, broccoli, uh, okra and peppers in one bed. They've, they're edged in orange mary or kind of burnt orange marigolds every year. Uh, the next bed, uh, let's see here. Carrots, tomatoes, celery, onions, uh, mini cantaloupes, more onions, more carrots, more, uh, and then two vertical squash, uh, mini, mini squash, uh, mini uh, butternut, and a mini spaghetti squash. And then uh, there's some little adjacent beds. I'm doing some mini, mini watermelons in one little bed. And then there's more tomatoes with and peppers and herbs in so yeah, just you know. <laughs> yeah. And are you are you are you starting most of that from seed, a mix um, of seed and a plants? A lot uh... of that is from seed because we go away in the winter and we come back now in mid-April. That's a little late for some of the seed starting, but mo- but with tomatoes, I, I buy those as you I mean I've started there's a few years when mm-hmm. I started them from seed but uh, I tend to buy those as already as transplants yeah and I have to say it but myself I've I've started tomatoes from seed many times but I always get way more tomatoes than I can possibly <laughs> yeah. grow when I start the seed so it's like when I've uh, had all the you know the orphans and I sit them out on the curb and let people pick them up because I have too many but yeah I know what you mean and I can't throw them away so yeah yeah that's a problem but it's always fun to uh, there's so many different tomato varieties it's fun to start some from seed sometimes. Yeah, it's always. It's, what's do you have a favorite um, tomato when you grow? Cherokee over purple, probably. Yeah. yeah, that's my. That's kind of my favorite. Yeah, oh, really. What's yours? Huh. Um. You know, I. I actually. I. I really like this one called what? Beams Yellow yeah. Pear, but it's because as a lot of people go, Ugh, they don't like it. Oh, but I make a jam makes- out of it, and yeah. so I. I really like making this kind of yeah. spicy it's jam decorative. with tomato. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. yeah. And they're pretty. Yeah. Yeah. So tell it, you know, now I don't know that a beginning gardener is going to start growing celery or some of, some of the things you're growing, okra. <laughs> some of them are a little, a little harder. So what are some of the easy vegetables that you would recommend someone who's a new gardener that wants to, you know, start a garden this year or next year, what, what, uh, what would you recommend they try as the easiest? Well, before vegetables? I say anything about vegetables, I always say herbs, they're kind of a gateway to the kitchen garden. I think there are lots of herbs like basil and dill and uh, any of those ones I have in pots, thyme, tarragon, any of that thing that you're putting so little effort into it, but you can do so much towards kind of dressing up what's already in your kitchen that you've gotten at the grocery store. You don't, I just feel like you get a lot of bang for your buck with herbs. 
So I always say do some herbs, but then as far as easy and productive, I would think tomatoes, obviously, Uh, especially cherry tomatoes. I think uh, they're much more versatile than people give them credit for. You know, you can make, as long as you're not like averse to a few seeds, there's like so many salsas and roasted pasta sauce you can do with them. I'm I'm really a big fan of cherry tomatoes. Uh, And, you know, they come on quicker and just, you know, you just get a lot of, a lot of them. Yeah. Right. Yes. And there's some varieties where you can get cherry tomatoes yeah, for, your life. for okay, beans, enough. you know, well, I guess otherwise things like cucumbers yeah. and beans are just so easy. You know, the, the seeds are big so that you're not, you know, they're easy to plant. Kids can do it and you get a lot of production really quick. I think um, before that in the spring uh, I would definitely suggest buying uh, lettuce starts at the nursery and maybe growing those just in uh, what I do is I grow them um, in at first in kind of large troughs and uh, I, I get the, some leaf lettuce varieties. I, I don't want to, I'm not probably supposed to say what nursery I go to. I go to Mother Earth Gardens in Longfellow and get their lettuce starts because they have really nice uh, combo packs of all these different pretty lettuces. And I get one of head lettuce and one of leaf lettuce. Uh, I grow those two troughs and uh, that pretty much takes care of all of our salads until May. And then the ones that I start from seed are kind of coming on in the raised beds. And so we just ran out of lettuce for salads just last week. We've we've been eating salads the entire time we've been back. Right. And that's one of the things I don't think people realize if you start growing lettuce. I mean, I think I've never been a huge lettuce grower, but I really committed to it in the last year or two. And last year, I think we got almost six weeks of where we yeah, didn't yeah. buy lettuce at all. And oh, the salads were okay. way better than the yeah, ones we were getting in the little just, plastic. It's more fun. I, and I just, yeah. lettuce is one of those ones where I just think they're so pretty and I just love them. Yeah. <laughs> But if you do leaf lettuce, you can kind of, you know, cut a few leaves off and it keeps growing and you can keep going with that. But uh, lately, the ones I've been into are those uh, kind of more like the smaller butterhead varieties that are meant for containers. And I just love those. I like the texture of those. My very, my very favorite lettuce, Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, is one by Renee's Seeds. And it's called um, Ruby Gem. And it's kind of a red and green um, kind of butterhead kind of romaine. It's a really cool one. Right. Yeah, I grew a red butterhead this year that was yeah. also really tasty. Yeah. I think yeah. it was from Seed Savers, but mm-hmm. it was really I think I saw yours on Instagram. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, so other tips, any other tips for first time gardeners? If somebody is just new to growing food and they, what do you I'm suggest? I'm going to say don't do? grow zucchini because I think. And why give up that big piece of real estate for zucchini? Do something more fun. And uh, then the other thing is if you're, if, if all you have are containers, if that's all you have the room for or the sunlight for, get the biggest container possible because otherwise it's going to dry out. You won't be able to keep up with the watering um, you can grow lots of things. I've grown carrots in containers and they were beautiful. You can grow, like I said before, lettuce in containers. There's a lot. You can do potatoes in those potato bag things. 
Uh, but get the biggest size you can get so that watering doesn't become an issue because if you know if they're in a, a container like that, you want to keep that water consistent and things moist. You don't want things to dry out and make things taste bitter or you know, get woody too soon or something. So can- right, right. Yeah, and in terms of container size, I think for a tomato, they say a five-gallon container is kind of the minimum, although I have grown them in slightly smaller, but it does require some attentive water. I'm trying to think. I have one in a container. I want in a pot out there with nasturtiums growing in the same container. It's probably 18 inches wide. I don't know the gallon size of it, but... The ones where I have grown tomatoes in containers at least 18 inches so and tall so that you've got, you know, you've got right. some room for those, those roots to stay damp for a couple of days without re- rewatering. Yeah. Right, right. And let's just step briefly talk about the flowers. So you mentioned you grow marigolds. You've mentioned nasturtiums. Are there other flowers that are right around the kitchen garden that you um, you grow? Well, I always like to try to put some uh, snapdragons in there. I think those have a good look. I like that texture um, compared to the other um, textures of the of the plants, the actual vegetable plants. Um, I have grown uh, dianthus for edging, kind of red and pink. That uh, most of it is I'm, I'm using it for edging. Uh, around beds to kind of define the beds. Uh, so you want for that, you want something kind of low growing that doesn't isn't get up and compete with your, your vegetables. Um, I always try to grow uh, at least one row of zinnias in there just for, for pretty, for bouquets and for uh, pollinators. And so one of my favorites is uh, a red one called Moulin Rouge. Uh, this year I'm growing purple prints. So uh, just always try to get some zinnias in there. Yeah, something pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, any other advice for first-time gardeners? Just last. Any other advice? Um, have fun with it. And if you want to go do, um, make it pretty as well as tasty, uh, think of putting uh, fine feathery leaves next to big bold leaves. Um you know, try to get contrasts with texture, uh, go with different colors. Like uh, sometimes I grow uh, different color kales. This year I've got that, uh, oh, I can't think of the name of it, but it's more that bright purple kale uh, versus the dinosaur one, which I also love for the texture. But, I, you know, I like that dinosaur kale contrasted with spiky onions. I think that's a really cool mm-hmm. combination. So I, I tend to think in contrasts, as I design the garden every year, because I do rotate things. Um, I change, you know, I change it for the practical reason of trying to avoid disease and pests, but I also change it because each year it's like, Ooh, I'm going to do this design. You know, last year, maybe something didn't work out or I'll repeat something that was really cool. Mm -hmm. Every year my garden looks different. Yeah. And I think people think that a vegetable garden, can't be aesthetically pretty, but I they really can be with all of the textures. Oh, I have with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I, they, I call it noodling. I noodle it out for weeks before I actually get out there. And start Good for you. Good for yeah. you. <laughs> and I'm very particular. I'm out there measuring and you know making yeah. sure everything's lining up. So I get, yeah. Well, I get, what I get happens when things get out, out of their line though? 
because plants do grow. <laughs> so. Well, I really like, I guess I like it when it starts out really orderly and the patterns are really crisp. And then I also like it when it just kind of explodes and gets out of control and it gets really chaotic out there, which it's, it's starting to do right now. The, the experiment with the, the squash growing over the arch, um, it's, a, it's a little out of hand right now, but it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I hear you on on that one. So, okay. All right. Well, thank you, Rhonda. This has been a wonderful conversation about kitchen gardening, and hopefully you've inspired people to uh, grow some food and uh, herbs and make it look pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this first episode of Grow It Minnesota. I'm looking forward to many more conversations with great gardeners from the North. Here are my takeaways from Rhonda's conversation with us. First, start with herbs. A pot of basil has been the gateway to many gardening adventures. Second, grow what you want to eat fresh, especially things like tomatoes and lettuce, which taste so much better from the garden than they do from the grocery store. Finally, don't grow zucchini. It will find you. Don't worry. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe. You can follow the podcast on social media at GrowItMN on Instagram and Pinterest. And you can check out my blog at MyNorthernGarden.com or follow me on Instagram at MyNorthernGarden underscore Mary. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'll see you in a couple of weeks with another episode of Growing Minnesota. Thank you.